Welcome to a special episode of Footy Fellas, episode number 77. It's special because we've been pretty busy. We're going to be honest, upfront, open with you. We've been pretty busy lately, which means we couldn't find a time for all of us to record together. However, however, we wanted to give our thoughts on the U.S. men's national team performance so far in World Cup qualifying, and we wanted to play one of Icy's trademark games, Two Truths and a Lie, separate but together. So those are the two things you're going to hear today in this abbreviated episode, this quick hit, get you your soccer fix, and hopefully you're doing great. Hopefully you're having a great week or this helps. Always curious to hear what you think. So if you're not already following us on socials, follow Footy Fellas Pod on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Let us know how you're feeling about the U.S. men's national team performance so far and enjoy this audible of an episode. Shout out to the NFL preseason going on right now. What are my thoughts on the U.S. men's national team? Well, let me tell you. All I know is that they tied El Salvador 0-0. to Ultra disappointing. Can't even, no words can even describe how poorly, that, how poor of a performance that must have been. Didn't even watch any highlights. Why even? And they tie 1-1 to Canada. Another disappointing, pretty sad result. You know, at this point, you know, it's like, do we have a curse? Is the men's national team cursed? Can we do anything right on that team? I feel like we have so many quality players, which we do on paper. Tons play in Europe for great European clubs. Why can't we get it together? You know what it comes down to? The coaching. We got to get a new coach or something has to change. We have a super mediocre coach trying to trying to get a bunch of very talented soccer players to a World Cup. And it's not working. We need a great coach. We need a great manager. And so the first thing to do is to make the manager change what he's doing or fire him. Get him out of here. This is pathetic. And if we keep this up, we will not make another World Cup, which is pathetic and sad for our sport. And it's infuriating as a soccer fan. So we need a new manager. We need something different. We have great players. The talent's there. We can do it. So we'll see what comes on Wednesday. And if we don't win, I mean, it's it just reiterates my point. We got to get new someone else in there because it's pathetic. There you go. A little rant from none other than Icy. Okay, so the question here about how what do we make of the U.S. men's national team uh, in the first two rounds or games, excuse me, of the qualifying rounds for the World Cup, is do we or do we not smash, MF smash, the panic button? And I don't think so. I don't. I really don't think so. I think that 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 is completely out of line. That's not what we need right now. I think what the team needs is just to to finish a game. So the first game, they tie El Salvador away. Yes, tough environment. Um, I think a tie there is fine. 
and then tying Canada at home after being in the lead 1-1. I mean, not the end of the world. Canada's definitely going to be a top contending team. But they do they do need to start getting some results. I think we smash the 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 panic button if we are not in the top 4 after after five games. If the U.S. is not up there in, in the next, after five games, then we have some concerns, some things we need to figure out. But ultimately, the way I feel, you know, if the U.S. is top three automatically qualified, great. And if they take the fourth spot, uh, you know, into a playoff, I feel good in a playoff. I would love to be in a playoff. I think the U.S., all of our sports are built around playoffs. We live for the playoffs. So honestly, if anything, I'd rather we get fourth so we get the fun playoff versus uh, an automatic qualifying bit but you know we'll see it's early i'm not panicking you're panicking i'm not panicking we're no one's panicking we're fine we're fine the u.s men's national team two games down in this very long qualifying process for the 2022 world cup it's a tough CONCACAF group. A lot of these teams have gotten better we said that when it came to the gold cup we said that when it came to tournaments over the last couple years teams like Canada now have a really formidable outfit and that's why drawing them 1-1 doesn't drive me crazy the U.S. did have some other chances a shot off the post where Pulisic just couldn't get around enough um, they they did have a couple more scoring chances they had 72 percent of the possession against Canada so they're starting to dominate games they're starting to show that hey as a team we we can play a certain style but there's still a lot of faults in the games. There's still no star striker. There's no one that, you know, we feel comfortable will potentially score goals every game. We're starting either Sibichu or Aronson starting up top or Sargent saw some time against uh, El Salvador. And there's just no one that you don't have the Josie out the door of old. It's not that he was such an incredible goal scorer, but at least you felt confident he was going to put in the chances that counted, the chances that mattered. And with how much talent they have now, the U.S. just has to be putting in more goals. We just have to be finding ways to scrape points out of these games. Yes, maybe scrape points isn't the right terminology because we did get two points from two games, two draws, nil-nil against El Salvador, 1-1 against Canada, but they have to be finding ways to win games. Mexico is looking really strong already in this CONCACAF, CONCACAF group, two games, two wins, and they beat Costa Rica, who should be another challenging team. So they're off to the races. There's still a lot of games left, considering every team needs to play that home and away. So we're two games down out of 14 or so. Uh, so plenty of qualifying left, but a lot of shouts, a lot of people frustrated with Burhalter making subs pretty late on into the Canada game in the 80, 83rd minute was when the U.S. made their first non-injury substitution. And the team just needs to figure it out. It's a lot of pressure to put on so many of these young stars playing together and trying to gel as they also ascend in their domestic careers. You have players looking really good, like Tyler Adams. Looks like he'll be great on the team for the next 8, 10 years. That's very exciting. Miles Robinson has looked awesome in the back, and he will continue to be a mainstay in this team. Of course, McKinney, Pulisic, Reyna, these players are so talented. Aronson, who scored the goal against Canada, just got on the end of it nicely after a nice team move. We we have the talent. We just need to see it play out. I'm not too worried on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being sound the alarms. I'm probably at a 6, just because it is go time. We've seen this happen before where we didn't qualify for the World Cup. 
if we can get a win, if we can get a win in some of those next games where, um, especially against Jamaica, two games from now, who's at the bottom of the group, Honduras, if they can beat, win these next two games, everyone will forget about the start and feel great. Let's go, U.S. Fellas, today our game is Two Truths and a Lie, one of our favorites. And to start it off, we will be talking World Cup qualifying matches. And Jones, you will be going first. In the Confederation of African Football second round of World Cup qualifying matches, Algeria had the biggest margin of victory after winning their match 8-0. Next, the leading goal scorer in the Confederation of African Football World Cup qualifiers plays for Algeria and is not Riyad Mahrez. And finally, Liverpool star Sadio Mane scored a hat-trick against Togo to take Senegal to a 3-0 victory. Oh man, oh man, oh man, Icy. These are some tough ones. Um, man. Okay, so the first one, Algeria had the biggest margin of victory, eight to nothing. Knowing your tactics, I could see you pulling the old, well, they actually won six to one. So eight zero, you know, that wasn't the real, but that just feels too, like too out of the box or like, like that's just like too specific of a score. I think that's real. The second one, leading goal scorer is not Riyad Mahrez, um, but it's an Algerian. I, I don't know others top of my head, but that feels that feels very off. If you were, you, you, you could, no. I'm gonna, okay, so the third one, the third one, Sadio Mane scoring a hat-trick. I feel like maybe I just haven't been on social media enough, but I haven't seen anything saying, you know, Sadio Mane, hat-trick, oh my God. Um, so I'm guessing that that, my final answer is that third, Sadio Mane scoring a hat-trick, is the false one. All right, Jones. So the false answer for yours was Liverpool star Sadio Mane. He did not score a hat-trick uh, when Senegal played Togo. He scored a single goal, and Senegal went on to win 2-0. to zero. Next for Eli. The USA had a disappointing 0-0 draw against El Salvador in their World Cup qualifying match. Next, Brazil is leading the CONMEBOL World Cup qualifying region as the only undefeated team remaining. And finally, Erland Holland is currently leading the UEFA World Cup qualifying region in goal scoring with 10 goals. You know, I, I like this question because it combines a couple of the different regions going through World Cup qualifying right now, many of which I've not focused on at all, only seen some highlights here and there. I know the US, for a fact, drew El Salvador nil-nil and talked about that already a bit. Brazil, that could be it. I could see that being the uh, the golden retriever, as they say, the golden goose, the, uh, no, neither of those things, whatever the expression is for, the, the red herring. There you go, the red herring. I was pretty close with those first two. Um, I could see Brazil either tied for leading the group or not undefeated. So that's that's a possibility for me. I think Holland is leading qualifying. I saw that he scored a hat trick, I thought. He scored at least one goal. He scored a goal late to propel his team to victory. Um, so now I got to guess between the lesser of two evils. Is Holland false? Is Brazil false? Oof. I will go Brazil is false. I trust Holland. The man is a goal-scoring machine. 
I'm hoping he's leading scoring so far and that Brazil is trying to throw me off. Quick edit, I promise I haven't looked up the answers, but I just listened to the question again. And obviously if we were conversing a person to person, I might've had you repeat it. I'm switching my answer to Holland because I now hear that you said he's leading the region with 10 goals. And I don't think they've played enough games for him to score 10 goals. So unless he scored eight, like I know teams have done in the past and, and just dropped that bomb on someone, no way Alanda scored 10 goals. I hope you proved me wrong. Eli, the false answer for yours was Erland Holland. He is not currently leading the UEFA World Cup qualifying region in goal scoring. He only has two goals and Mitrovic is leading with seven. We're gonna move on to MLS Jones. Nashville's win over NYC on Friday puts them in third place in the Eastern Conference. Next, Portland vs. Houston Dynamo was the only game on Friday to have a red card shown. And finally, Sporting Kansas City got thrashed by LAFC 4-0 on Friday. Okay. Um, first, you're coming at me with the Confederations of Africa you know, World Cup qualifiers, that's very niche. I'm not gonna know that. And then and then MLS, I'm just not keeping up with it. I'm not keeping up and I'm feeling really bad here. I don't think I'm gonna, I'm not feeling confident. First, Nashville is now in third place, maybe. I feel like they've been doing well. Portland versus Dynamo was the only game with a red card. And Sporting Kansas City lost 4-0. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Portland and Dynamo was the only game with a red card. I. I'm just feeling like there must have been one other, God, unless it's like Nashville's in like fourth place or like Sporting Kansas only lost 3-0 or something. But yeah, I'm going to go number two, Portland versus Dynamo is the only game with a red card is the lie. Jones, the false answer for yours was Portland versus Houston Dynamo. They were the only game on Friday to not have a red card shown. All the other three matches all had one or more red cards in their game. Now, Eli, Nashville FC has the lowest number of losses and the most draws of any MLS team this season. Next, New England has already clinched a playoff position. And finally, Toronto has the largest magnitude goal differential of any MLS team this season with minus 21. Love this, love this, testing my MLS knowledge. I have been following this year. I have been following definitely a lot more than years prior. And that means one, I know Nashville is very high up in the table, slash in addition has a ton of draws, which makes me think they do only have a couple of losses. And even though they're not first in their division, potentially they have the least number of losses um, because they've stacked up 11 or more draws. Toronto was the third one. I'm blanking on the second. I'll remember it. Toronto, I also believe that they have the worst goal differential because I know they they had periods where they've been stinking it up throughout the season, which crazy for them, who's been usually such a strong contender and made a couple of finals in a row. And you think of Bradley and some of the history they have in the league, which is pretty strong. But I do know they've had a really rough season, including some games where they've gotten blown out 5-0 or lost by four or more goals. So I believe, I don't think they're last in their, that, that Eastern Conference, but I do think they 
have the worst goal differential. I'd believe that. The second one, what was the second one? Nashville, Toronto, and New England. New England has already clinched a playoff spot. Man, I know they're they're well above the second place team in the Eastern Conference, but have they clinched a playoff spot? Are we that far into the season? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I believe the Nashville. I believe the Nashville. I believe, oof. Have they clinched a playoff spot? I'll say that's false. I'll say New England has not yet clinched a playoff spot, even though it feels like they have, because they've just been crushing everyone and winning a ton of games, and they're up by at least 10 points in first in the league. So, ooh, one of the others is going to get me, isn't it? I'll stick with my guess. I'll stick with New England as the lie, but it really feels like one of the others is going to get me on a technicality but that's what you're known for, and that's why we play the game. Eli, the false answer for your questions or topics was New England clinching the playoff. They have not already clinched a playoff spot, although they are getting very close. Well done, lads. Now for the final question for both of you. Which Premier League game next weekend for Game Week 4 should all the Fofs tune into? The game that Foffs should most look forward to next weekend is without a doubt, and not a hint of bias in my answer here, the Man United versus Newcastle game. Why? Why, you ask? Well, because the famed Cristiano Ronaldo is coming back home. And for that, I think there is a level of magic that is imbued with that game and the results of that game. Um, do I think he'll do much? Maybe, maybe not. But it's hard to argue with the fact that he just scored the most goals ever by a, a, a male athlete, uh, soccer player, that is, in international football. So he is riding high. He's got the good juju on him. Um, maybe he comes in and scores a goal. Maybe it's a game winner. Maybe it's just another one. But, uh, you know, that, that puts us over like three or four up on, on Newcastle. But um, regardless, uh, it is going to be a spectacle. And I think it's a magical moment in a historic, legendary career that if you have the time, if you're up and able to watch it, you should probably tune in at least for his entrance on the field. A lot of good Premier League games in this upcoming game week four, this, the following weekend. Obviously, Leicester, Man City, bound to be a banger. Got some big teams. Man City should, should run away with that one. Leicester's looked just just shaky enough where uh, a Man City with momentum should should crush them. I'm going to choose the Leeds Liverpool game as my game of the week. Also not a shocker. A couple others you could you could call out for more specific reasons, but on the whole, two exciting teams, two teams that could be contending for both middle to Europa League spots and Premier League title respectively in Leeds and Liverpool, and it really feels like a decisive point in the season for both of them this early on. For Leeds, they've looked shaky. They have one loss, they, they got smoked in their first game against Man U, and then drew two games, including against Burnley, 1-1, which Bielsa can't be happy about, the players can't be happy about. So if Leeds are going to regain some of that last season's form, some of that fear that they put into other teams with their attacking prowess, with their work rate, now would be a great place to start. Can they even get a point off of Liverpool at home? Um, can Bamford 
start to, to look like he did last season and be one of the premier forwards in the league. Liverpool, on the other hand, they just drew Chelsea. They're probably not feeling too great about the draw after being a man up for over half of that game. Yes, they did come back from 1-0 down, but they really couldn't create much when they had the man advantage. So for Liverpool, can they start beating these mid-level clubs more consistently? These are the games. If you drop points in these games, if you can't win these games against teams like Leeds that are very solid teams and you're, you're on the road, yes, but you're just not going to compete for the Premier League title because Man City is too strong this year. Chelsea is too strong this year. You need to be winning games like this, even if it's game week four. So Liverpool needs to make a statement. Leeds needs to grab at least a point and show that, yes, they're going to resemble and pick up momentum and, and look like the Leeds of last year. Two L's for teams, Leeds and Liverpool's. One of them will probably grab the W. We could see a D, a draw, or a T, a tie. Uh, but I am going to be watching that game avidly on Sunday morning at 10.30 Central Time. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we will see you next week.